Good afternoon. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to Katie and Kay. Uh, we are now ready for the Ask the Vet segment of the show. Uh, this is where uh, some veterinary professionals get together and we kind of chit-chat about some hot topics in the veterinary community. Uh, my name is Darren. Um, I am a certified veterinary technician at the Alpine Animal Hospital. And with me today I have Amy. She is also a certified vet tech. Um, and we are talking about uh, pet Dental Health Month today. How's it going today, Amy? It's going fabulous. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, as a reminder to everybody, this is a call-in show, so if you have any questions about our topic today, you can go ahead and give us a jingle. Uh, the number to read, reach us here is 970-963-2976. All right, so dentistry in humans is important, as well as pet dentistry um how how often should we be doing our our pets dentistry animals should definitely have their teeth professionally cleaned every one to two years depending on their genetics their breed their size um how good everything stays clean and how much home care the owners are actually able to do to determine um how long we can go between anesthetics um, keeping them clean every, you know, one to two years keeps the animal healthy, keeps it from having issues with um, infections or broken teeth or um, finding oral masses or things like that that we wouldn't have seen on an unconscious physical exam. Right. Yeah, that's definitely good points. Um, once a year, uh, you mentioned something about home care. Uh, usually, what does that look like for pet owners at home? So ideally, there is a gold standard, and then there's what most of us are able to do. Gotcha. Gold standard <laughs> is to be able to brush their teeth every single day, which, just like we brush our own teeth, hopefully at least once a day, if not more than that. <laughs> uh, um, gold standard would be to brush their teeth every single day, get into the routine, get into the habit, so that you can have a chance to remove the biofilm before it has a chance to turn into plaque before it has a chance to mineralize and become the tartar that you aren't able to brush off. Um, so between teaching your animal to accept brushing, teaching ourselves to actually do the brushing, mm -hmm. um, that is the, the ideal. But we usually hit it in a multimodal approach where um, we not only brush every day, 
but we use dental treats um, that will actually be soft enough not to break a tooth, mm -hmm. but will actually scrape the teeth and basically brush their teeth as they're chewing on it. We have water additives that they can drink and put a natural uh, antibacterial film over their teeth. It's kind of like they're doing their own Listerine rinse, mm -hmm. um, but don't do Listerine with dogs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's different, um, different things that they can use as treats or brushes or... Um, different uh, gels that they can put on. It just depends on what works for the animal, what works for their temperament, what works for the clients, the owners, um, to be able to actually accomplish. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. Um, and when you're talking about multimodal approach, um, is it, I guess not necessarily a requirement, but is it better to do a multimodal approach at home or is it better to do, is it okay to do like one or two? What do you think? So the multimodal approach is because most of us are not able to brush every single tooth within mm -hmm. our animal's mouth every single day. Um, so doing the multimodal approach means you're brushing. Some, some animals will let you brush their incisors and their canines, but not actually let you get into their premolars and molars because you just can't get in there with how tight their little cheeks get held. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, some let you do some, but not all. Very few let you do the aspects on the inside of their mouth as far as against their palate or against their tongue. So trying to stay up with the brushing, but then using other alternatives as well means that we're more likely to get more plaque off the teeth to keep periodontal disease from setting in mm -hmm. than if we're only doing something once a month or once every couple of months or things gotcha. like that. Yeah, so maybe brushing once every other day is probably not doing a whole lot. <laughs> every other day is better than once a week. Exactly. It's something better than nothing. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Um, so a lot of people, and you know, we see it on movies, TVs, all uh, cartoons, all that good stuff. Um, we see that the dog typically has a bone. Um, it's just, you know, trademark. Um, what What is a downside of using bones and is it recommended bones are not recommended anything that is harder than the enamel of the dog's tooth will eventually break the tooth and what generally happens is as the dog chews on them through their life they put little micro fissures in the enamel so you're not actually realizing that the dog is putting weakening the enamel of its teeth as it chews on it. And then by the time it reaches, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere mm -hmm. around there, all of a sudden you get a broken tooth and you think, gosh, the dog's been chewing on this for the last eight years. What the heck just happened? <laughs> and in reality, it's been slowly weakening the tooth chewing on the same product. So it's not the, it's just that that one time was the final time and the tooth gave way. Yeah. So dogs should not be chewing on anything harder than their enamel, which means a good test for anything that your animal is chewing on is if you can push really hard into it with your thumbnail and leave a small impression, mm -hmm. it's softer than the enamel of the tooth. So no bones, no antlers, no hooves, um, anything that is basically designed to not break. Um, so no nyla bones, um, rubber, like Kongs. I recommend Kongs for everybody because Kongs, not 100% indestructible, but fairly mm -hmm. indestructible. There are oh, some yeah. dogs that will still yep. <laughs> destroy them. So anything that you give your animal, you should definitely monitor while they're chewing on it to make sure. Mm -hmm. um, but anything dental designed that is not hard nylon um, should be appropriate. Perfect. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think some of the other risks of bones in general, antlers, that sort of thing, um, we've seen, unfortunately, is that they can cause foreign bodies. So Mm -hmm. if they swallow those, it can cause an obstruction in their gastrointestinal tract. And then usually it ends up going to surgery sort of thing. And we just, we don't like that. No. Poor (laughs) guys. Yeah, poor little friends. Um, So as a reminder, everybody, this is a call-in show. Um, Call in, and if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, The number is 970-963-2976. Amy, earlier you mentioned a little bit about, um, you mentioned anesthesia. Um, So what is the difference between doing a cleaning at the vet clinic versus um, at, I think some pet stores offer that, like, uh, anesthesia-free cleaning. Uh, what 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 is the difference between those? There is a huge difference. Um, so anesthesia-free cleaning, um, you're not getting what you think you're getting. In all honesty, um, anesthesia-free cleaning is where someone takes a scaler and basically scales the tartar that is visible off the crown of the tooth. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not able to actually get below the gum line and get any tartar that may be on the root of the tooth within the periodontal pockets. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not able to do a great job in that animals are awake, they're moving around, and the scalers are sharp. So if you poke them in the gums, it hurts. They're going to move a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It definitely can be a stressful event for them. Um, And the fact that you're making the crowns look really pretty doesn't mean that you're not leaving infection Mm -hmm. and disease still under the gum line, which any disease under the gum line is going to cause the bone to continue to recede back due to the infection. There's still pain for the animal. It just Mm -hmm. looks pretty. Um, And if you've ever... Hopefully not, but if you've ever had to have your own teeth professionally <laughs> deep cleaned, the dentist will definitely place a local anesthetic because mm-hmm. it is actually painful. Um, and when they're doing un- anesthesia-free dentistry, they are not using any local anesthetic on mm-hmm. these poor, poor guys. So it makes them pretty, but it doesn't actually take away the infection that's below the gum line. Versus doing a prophylactic cleaning under anesthesia at a veterinary clinic, you're getting pre-anesthetic blood work done to make sure that the animal is happy and healthy to be able to metabolize the anesthesia appropriately. They're being monitored by at least one technician while the doctor is working on the mouth. Um, they're getting a thorough cleaning above and below the gum line, thoroughly mm-hmm. charted to monitor um, what type of periodontal disease is happening so that as things continue, we can make sure our things staying static through year after year. Mm-hmm. Are they getting worse? Are they getting better? Hopefully getting better um, with That's home care goal. being done by <laughs> the owners. Absolutely. Um, and then they're getting x-rays to where we can actually see how much bone loss may or may not happen to, again, see if the treatment happening is keep causing everything to stay static or get better. Yeah. Um, so everything is basically your by doing the cleanings at the hospital, you're making sure your animal is tip-top shape, happy and healthy, and going home. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I also would add that, you know, with having that anesthetic blood work, it can give us a baseline if they're healthy. Absolutely. Um, if they have those chronic, you know, like kidney diseases, um, if we have any 
uh, what do we call them, the adrenal diseases. Um, those are really good to have some blood work to, you know, if we do it every year, if we have to do dental cleanings every year, um, we can have those and we can monitor those. And, you know, it's, there's more, I guess there's more than one benefit to having dentistry cleanings um, instead of if we if we want to think of it that way, um, you're not just getting one thing; you're getting a whole kind of slew of things. Absolutely, and it's for the nose to tail health of the animal as well. Exactly, exactly. All right, everybody out there listening, uh, just another quick reminder: uh, this is a call-in show today, where you're talking about Pet Dental Health Month. Uh, February is that uh, it's kind of an awareness month about uh, pet dentistry. So if you have any questions about that, go ahead and give us a call. We're here to answer your questions. The number is 970-963-2976. So we kind of talked a little bit about, um, you know, later on in life with dentistry, having some problems. Um, When do we usually see people starting to bring pets in for dentistry? That's a big question based on the breed of the animal, the Mm -hmm. size of the animal. All of our little cute small breeds um, generally have more periodontal issues than our larger breeds Mm -hmm. um, just because of the size of their mouth and the crowding that happens when when we make our guys so cute and adorable and snuggly. (laughs) (laughs) So um, generally with the smaller breeds, we are recommending their first dentistry to be by one to one and a half years of age. Sometimes even sooner than that, based on what we see on their um, puppies' exams, depending on do we have to remove any deciduous teeth that have been retained. Um, Deciduous teeth are the baby teeth that if they don't get pushed out by the adult teeth. Um, So little dogs can have a few more issues, but generally around a year we're recommending at least getting their their teeth looked at to see are we doing really well with our home care. Mm -hmm. Because if we're doing great with our home care, we don't have to do it quite as frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe we can extend it out. Versus our larger breeds, generally somewhere between two and four is when we're going to start doing dentistry on our larger breeds, depending on how well um, their genetics are, how well they're getting some home care. So... Sometime in the younger age, if we can start them, then we can actually stay on top of things as opposed to trying to play catch up. If we're not, if we're staying on top of it, then we're not removing teeth. We're just cleaning and keeping everything happy and healthy. If we're playing catch up, then it's sadly when we either are having to do extractions or root canals if they're breaking teeth or bone grafts if we have advanced periodontal disease or things like that. Yeah, exactly. And Definitely, that's, that's, those are some really good points to keep, you know, if we start early, we can be prophylactic about it. I used a big word there. You did. Good job. <laughs> um, which is basically preventative cleanings um, that, you know, we don't have to do any extractions there or any, usually we don't have to do any like specialty work either. So mm-hmm. that's definitely a good recommendation to start early. Um, and I would say that this also would be a good good reason why we do those annual wellnesses once a year um this gives us a chance we as veterinary professionals to take a peek at those teeth um do a head-to-toe exam as well um it's it's all a part of that preventative health sort of thing so absolutely definitely um and as far as brushing our little puppy or kitten's teeth um 
it doesn't just happen naturally, right? You got to train them. You got to train them and you got to train yourself. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's like half the time it's it's training us to actually sit down and remember to do it versus Mm -hmm. training the kids. And starting off younger, for sure, is easier, just like any form of training. But every animal can be trained to do it um, or at least to be able to partially brush their teeth depending on when you're starting. So, and it's a slow process. It takes a couple of weeks to get them adjusted to it. Just Mm -hmm. like anything else, you're not going to teach your dog to lay down on the very first time you ask them to lay down. (laughs) So if only it worked that way, it'd be great. Oh my gosh, right? (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) Um, But generally, it's a matter of a slow process of introducing them to the toothbrush, not trying to brush their teeth, but just introducing them to what it looks like. Let them play with it while you're holding it as far as Mm -hmm. sniffing it, licking it, investigating it. Um, It's never allowed to be a toy. Um, Once they've sniffed it and licked it and they realize that you're not holding a weapon towards them, (laughs) (laughs) as long as they're not running away, then you put a little toothpaste, doggy toothpaste, where it comes in chicken or beef or malt or all the lovely flavors that they love. Mm -hmm. Put a little toothpaste on it so that they actually start to associate it with being treat time. And once they start associating it with being treat time, then... As they're licking the toothpaste off, you can slowly just start moving the toothbrush back and forth without actually brushing, just so they can feel the bristles moving in their mouth while they're eating. Mm -hmm. And then as you're letting them have treat time, I also suggest just petting them, petting their head, Mm -hmm. petting their side of their face, petting their muzzle, because most of our animals are not used to us actually touching them when they're consuming a product. They're used to us taking the product from them because they're (laughs) eating something they're not supposed to. So usually if we're touching them when they're consuming something, they're backing away from us. Right. So I just recommend just petting them and associating positive touch with the toothbrush and the toothpaste. Once they're used to that and it becomes a they're looking forward to the treat mm-hmm. of the toothpaste and the, the love from mom or dad, then the next time you do it, just very slowly lift a lip and one swipe of the toothbrush down a tooth and then let them continue just licking on the toothbrush. Then the next night, two swipes and just slowly work it up to where you're actually brushing either their top cheek teeth Mm -hmm. on one side or their incisors on one side or um, just slowly working it up. And that's why I said it's going to take several weeks to get them used to it because you got to work them up. (laughs) If they start getting scared, then you back up a few steps and you just start start back a few steps from where you were at. Um, And then slowly you'll eventually get to the point where you can brush the top and then you can brush the bottom teeth and... As they're playing with the toothbrush and you're moving it around inside their mouth, you're actually brushing the inside of their teeth without them realizing it. Mm-hmm. So it's just a slow step. And then eventually we have some clients that talk about the fact that they go in the bathroom every evening to brush their teeth and their little dog jumps up on the closed <laughs> toilet and sits and waits for their teeth to get brushed. And it can become something they look forward to as a positive treat as opposed to something where you're chasing them around the house and then doing a WrestleMania grip on them and trying to scrub away at their teeth. You know, it's interesting that we talk about that training aspect. Uh, Last month, we actually did a segment on training and basics and all that good stuff. So this would be a good good thing to keep in mind, Um, keeping that positive association with high-reward incentive treats like baby food, like you were saying, or Mm -hmm. um, the doggy or kitty toothpastes. Um, We don't want to use human toothpaste. That's... Nope. Those can be toxic. It's not meant to be swallowed. Yep. Um, but yeah, calling back to that training, it's definitely that persistence is key. Um, and those little steps. And if we need to start back again, it's, it's just a, a 
not tedious, but it, it can be tedious. It's definitely time-consuming. Time-consuming, so. and it's doing it every night at the same time. So yeah. by doing it every night or every day or every morning, whatever mm-hmm. time works for you, at the same time, you're training yourself. It's becoming that habit, exactly. that 21-day habit everybody talks about. <laughs> <laughs> if you can make it into a habit, then you will do it, which means your dog or your cat will benefit from it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and speaking of toothpaste, that that just kind of brought a good question in mind of doggy and kitty toothpaste. Are those required when brushing teeth? Or No. Okay. no. Toothpaste for dogs and cats are designed to be the flavor treat enhancement gotcha. as opposed to our toothpaste that has the fluoride and enzymatic action mm-hmm. and all the rest of that. There is some of that to the dog and cat toothpaste, but it's really more just a finding a flavor they like so they think it's a treat. Right. If they don't like any of the flavors you can just use a wet toothbrush because Mm -hmm. it's really the mechanical action of the bristles of the brush removing the plaque off the teeth. Absolutely. Yeah, so we don't have to have the toothpaste. We can just have, like I was saying, baby food or something really yummy and gross that they might like. (laughs) The smellier, the better for pups. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, And that also kind of brings up, if we start when they're puppies, kittens, that might help things a little bit Mm-hmm. later on in life absolutely um, it'll they'll be used to it and you know we won't have to go th- we'll still have to go through the training initially but it's a lot easier to train the puppies and the kittens and kittens uh, it's hard to train a cat in general <laughs> <laughs> but um it's definitely easier when they're younger their mi- minds are moldable quote unquote mm-hmm. um and they're just they're more prone to developing those habits like we were saying so. well and absolutely and if you are actually owning them adopting them as a younger animal you're wanting to start right away also, so that you're brushing their teeth and slowing down that periodontal process. Exactly. If you wait until they're middle age, not only do you have many years worth of training that you could have been capitalizing on, mm-hmm. but now you've got some periodontal disease that's probably set in. Yeah. And and that can usually present itself as like that stinky breath, yeah. the brown or um, what's the other color that we usually see of that tartar? It's like bra- black if black. it's severe. Mm-hmm. Um, that Those are some things that, you know can kind of indicate that we're kind of starting to need some cleaning, whether it be prophylactic or if we have some other things. Absolutely. Dogs, the, the, the thought that dogs normally have bad breath is not true. Dogs should never have bad breath. All right. Yeah. It looks like we have a caller. Hello. Thank you for calling in. Uh, hi, I was wondering if, you know, I've heard in the past that, like my groomer could just scale my dog's teeth and you know I've, I've heard of other people doing that for their dogs and I'm just wondering if that's something that is possible well there are definitely groomers that do talk about um, scaling dog's teeth and that was back to the anesthesia free dentistry that I was talking about where they can do it but it's not necessarily the best For the animal's periodontal health, um, since they can't get below the gum line, as well as it is um, a bit stressful for most animals to have somebody um, using a scaler, a sharp instrument that sends micro vibrations against Mm -hmm. their tooth that can be a little little odd feeling and stressful for them. Um, You have some groomers that do talk about brushing your dog's teeth as part of their grooming, which it's great that they're getting that day's plaque off. But if you're only brushing your teeth every month or every two months when you're going in for your haircut, 
um, doesn't really do a lot for the periodontal disease that sets in in the in the in between time. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, I I guess I just thought that they look so nice after they get scaled that that they were all fine, but but under the gum that makes sense. Yep, under the gum is definitely a very important hidden aspect that definitely is where a lot of the disease will hide. You just It looks pretty, but there's still disease and infection there. Yeah. Huh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're yeah, welcome. Thanks, thanks for, for calling. calling in. Awesome. Well, perfect. It looks like we're sort of kind of getting to the end of our time here. Um, Amy, I actually... When I introduced you, I didn't actually um, introduce you properly. Um, <laughs> you have... The CVT after your name. I do. And then you also have a VTS in dentistry. What does that mean? So that means I went to a couple extra years worth of schooling to specialize in dentistry. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, actually a, a little bit more educated than your average nurse. Your average nurse knows a lot, but I'm a mm-hmm. bit more educated than your average nurse on just teeth and disease and um, all of the different fun things that you can actually do, because pretty much anything you can do for with your human dentist to your mouth can be done with a veterinary dental specialist to a dog or a cat's mouth. So there is there's many many options of medical care for your animals. Yeah. So yeah, and I can definitely attest to the knowledge. Um, I I'm just quote unquote just a CVT, so I don't have any specialties behind my name. And but you're very um, very important. Yes, very important. And I just have to say, you know, working with you has been amazing. I've learned so many things that I didn't actually know, Aww. and it's just been awesome. So um, let's see. There were some other questions that I had for you um, about. Let's see. So we talked about the toothpaste. We talked about the anesthesia-free cleanings. Um, I guess maybe a silly question is, why can't we do it like we do with humans and just put you in the chair? (laughs) It would be nice, yes. Dentistry for animals is a bit more expensive than your own would be because um, as a person, luckily, most of the time, you do not have to be anesthetized. Mm -hmm. And we do anesthetize all the animals. We make it as safe as absolutely possible by doing all the pre-anesthetic blood work and monitoring and possibly chest x-rays or whatever may Mm -hmm. be necessary. Um, to make sure they're absolutely as healthy as possible for their anesthesia. Um, but, yeah, it's it, they have to be anesthetized because if only your dog or your cat would actually, when you said, say, ah, and don't bite me, would understand what that meant. That would be so nice. <laughs> I mean, my, my dentists sometimes tell me, please don't bite me. And it's not <laughs> intentional, I swear. <laughs> Don't bite your dentist. It's not nice. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Our poor little friends, though, uh, you know, everybody is a little bit concerned about anesthesia. And um, I can definitely see the reasons why. It's It can be a scary thing. But, um, you know, like you were saying, when we do the um, pre-anesthetic blood work, um, chest x-rays to see if there's anything that might indicate um, some weakness in the heart, that sort of thing. So... Um, these are all really good points. And Amy, I really appreciate your time today. Yes. Um, we, t- we talked about a lot. We covered a lot of, lot of topics today. We sure did. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much. And hey, have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. Awesome. Awesome.